0: Into the Moth Light.
1: Into the Moth Light. Hello and welcome to Into the Moth Light, a podcast dedicated to artists' moving image, experimental film and festivals, and installation art. First of all, thanks to those of you who got in touch after the debut podcast. That means a lot to us. It's been great to hear from people who share our passion for the moving image. You can email your questions and comments to mothlightpodcast at gmail.com and we're on Twitter at themothlightpod. You'll find information there about everyone that we talk to for the podcast. This time, I'm talking to Anne Rushing, the creative director at Pop-Up Scotland. They are the people behind the Independence Film Festival, which takes place in Edinburgh and Stirling in April this year. Independence is a thematic festival that aims to open up independent and art house films to a wider audience. It's in its fourth year and was originally motivated by the conversations and creative energy surrounding the 2014 Scottish independence referendum and uh, by extension the 2016 uh, EU referendum. The team behind it say that Undependence is not about just exploring obscure avant-garde film or making an article political statements, instead it's a platform for creativity, both in the films themselves and their interactive programme of workshops, talks and screenings. It was really interesting to talk to Anne and get an insight into what goes into making an event like this a success. I love the fact that they take a DIY approach to producing the festival. A lot of the people involved are volunteers, but they aim to put on a professional and well-run event. We did talk a lot about how the festival works and not so much about the program as they were still putting the final touches onto that, but again you'll find links to their site with full details of the program on our Twitter page at the mothlight pod.
0: Into the mothlight.
1: What was it about the the referendum in 2014 and the political climate that that inspired you to kind of start a film festival that looked at the themes that you look at?
0: Um, Well, it it was like, it was the political climate, but it was also um, one of the things that we saw was people were making a lot of politically inspired art or doing a lot of creative projects. There were a lot of kind of funny YouTube videos, or there were all these, like, edited images, or just actual fine art pieces coming out about it, Um, and so we thought, you know, it, it doesn't have to be political, but Scotland is really expressing itself this year, and we'd love to create something that says, okay, we are independent, but... We also have things that we're dependent on, and um, there's a lot of room to look at this and discuss this and see what it means. So we thought we wanted to get as much Scottish film as possible, but also bring in film from all over the world to kind of use as a starting point to maybe start some of these discussions and look at, you know, how film affects our view of society um in a broad sense and also especially on the specific issue Mm -hmm. of independence um not just as a nation but as you know on a personal level what it means to be an independent individual or society.
1: Mm -hmm. So how tell me about the process from from thinking that this is going to be a good idea to actually building a film festival around that concept tell me a bit about the planning and what you had to get in place to make it happen.
0: Well, first, you make a lot of mistakes, um, but but once you get past the mistakes, you I mean, one thing with Pop Up Scotland, which is the overarching organization that does this is we're about artists for everyone, you know, no matter what it is. And some people are intimidated by independent film, whereas there are a lot of people who are really enthusiastic and the more experimental, the better. So the first thing we looked at is what. Films are we going to screen in the first place? So we had to figure out, we none of us had ever solicited films. Mm-hmm. So we had to figure out how do you get in touch with filmmakers and say, we might want to show your film. Then we had to pick venues that we thought would appeal to our audience like and make it an accessible festival. Um, so it was getting the films, looking at how to actually put a cohesive program together that had the direction we wanted. So watching a lot of film and, talking about it, um, getting different viewpoints on it, getting into places that we thought would appeal to the people in Edinburgh and in later times in Glasgow and Stirling that we wanted to attend, um, and then doing it all on a shoestring because uh, we're not funded as a festival. So Mm -hmm. everything that we take in in um, submission fees, which we try and keep low to encourage submissions, and ticket sales, which we try and keep low to encourage people to come along, is what actually funds the festival
1: mm-hmm. and to to so to run a festival the size that you do over the different uh, locations and cities tell me a little bit about the the team of people that you've got around you to, to make sure that it's a it's a professionally produced uh, event but again on a, a very small budget
0: well it is I mean th- the, the word that I use for this is intimate because I don't think any of our screening venues are larger than about 40 seats and um, and so the, with getting people involved in that, we're all volunteer run. Um, and so basically it starts with finding people who are passionate, people who are willing to commit some time um, and, and looking at, it's a lot of students who want to get more experience before they go into other jobs. And so we're saying, okay, well, already as a student, you do a lot of stuff on Facebook and Twitter uh, and you know how to craft like a social media presence that's going to engage with our community and finding someone else who's like, oh, well, I, you know, edit YouTube videos for fun. So, okay. So you can help us make a trailer. So it really is just seeing, you know, we sit down and talk to people who are excited about the project, you know, and see what, what their strength is. Um, and then people have stayed on with us throughout the whole time. And then there are some people who come for a year and, Especially because Edinburgh is such an international city, there are a lot of people who are only in Edinburgh for a year and then they're back in Paris or Bratislava or wherever it is.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh Um, Okay, Um, so on your website you talk about um, independent and art house cinema and uh, Bringing that to a wider audience, and I think you mentioned that people sometimes can be intimidated, so what's your approach to encouraging people that maybe haven't engaged with this particular genre of work to come in and view it and experience it?
0: Well part of it is definitely like the marketing and I will say that you know sometimes we're really successful with it and sometimes we're not so we're still we're still working to perfect it but we try and say you know if you're going to go to the cinema for two and a half hours to go see an Avengers film and it's gonna be, you know, 15 pounds now and then your large Diet Coke is gonna be another 10 pounds. Um, we try and say, this is a range of film. This is gonna be in your local pub. You know, we, we show it places like Banshee Labyrinth or at Pilgrig Street Church, so in your community. It's a really comfortable environment. It's only a fiver, so it's something you can afford, but it still has value because, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a big thing is making people say it's not free. This is something that is worth something. Um, and then basically just letting them know it's – it's that it, just because it's independent film doesn't mean that it can't be something that is maybe just an entertaining story, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like The Avengers. I keep using that because it's – something everyone knows. So some of it, it will be more experimental because we do show a lot of short films, but also some of it is just the the not the same as you would get in the multiplex, but it's the the same sort of story connection and it's all high quality film like mm-hmm. you know really well made pretty film can be made on a budget and so we're trying to just be like come give it a try. You know, you never know until you to you see it and by mixing those films together, you know someone may not like everything, but there is a range that mm. we show.
1: Yeah, I was really interested to to, to look at the uh, the program from last year because obviously it's it's a festival that was inspired by the referendum, and, and I guess um, part of the kind of uh, European referendum as well. But then you are screening works from people from across the globe, so. It must feel quite nice to kind of get the viewpoint of filmmakers on the theme from other parts of the country and their interpretation of it. And did it take long for people from across the globe to actually realise that this was happening here in Scotland?
0: Um, I'd say that we kind of lucked out. And the the main way that we get submissions now is through a platform called Film Freeway, which does like filmmakers can just search for your festival and find it. The very first year we just had a Google form and a spreadsheet that we sent out and we had about a hundred submissions and it was completely free to submit and then the next year it was completely free to submit and we had almost a thousand and we were like we can't watch all of these because it was it was a lot of film so that's why we started um, charging for it so I think that just the society that we live in to be you know overarching um, with social media especially because Edinburgh is an international city you know I'm from the US uh, Nina our lead curator is from Germany and uh, Carice, who's our who's also one of our lead curators um, is kind of from everywhere so and they they've been in studying film and interacting with filmmakers for several years so they have connections at home and abroad so it's it's been surprisingly easier to get this, out internationally than I would have expected, um, and we've we've just been really lucky. I think. I mean, our two years ago, Shin Wei, who ended up winning our Rising Star Award, um, came over from Taiwan, and we were like, we cannot afford to pay for your flight. She was like, no, no, I just want to come and see the festival and talk about my film, and you know, to have never been to Edinburgh, so. That's kind of happened several times. I mean, Taiwan's the furthest away we've had someone come from, but, but people are just like, no, I'm happy to, to come see Edinburgh and I want to talk to the people there about my film and about my process. Into the moth light. Into the moth light.
1: Little film festivals pop up all the time, and they they they, they have um, you know they have one festival and then they disappear. So, what was it about um, your particular festival that you, you managed to really keep up that momentum and, and keep things going for a few years?
0: Um, well, it was initially supposed to be a one-off, um, but I think it was our team was really excited about it. Um, in some ways, especially since my background isn't in film and I was kind of brought into this world by the other collaborators and I was like, oh wait, there's there's a lot we can do here, there's, I mean, it's opened my eyes to, to this world so I definitely wanted to to try it again um, and it, it went really well for what we were expecting because none of the organizing team had ever done it before and people really seemed to respond well to it. Um, You know some nights were low attendance but then some nights we were just packed out you know people were standing around and I was like oh people really are interested in this and want to see it and maybe half of them were our friends but then afterwards you know my friends were like well I came to this because you're my friend but I really liked it and I would I would (laughs) come again like I'm glad that I know about this now Um, and so that was enough for us to say we have to keep going and keep trying and the goal is eventually and I think that it depends on if we do get some more um, funding in the future, but right now, every Creative Scotland's a whole another story. But uh-huh. if if we right. get um, so, some more funding, we really do want to take some of the films, at least, um, on the road around Scotland, especially to areas, you know, like the borders where we are right now, um, to give them the same access to, you know, independent film and stuff that because. You know, Scotland has shown that they will support it, that people will turn out for it, um, and it's, it's a worthwhile endeavour.
1: Yeah. You mentioned that you had a small team and, and, and you kind of came together with the right people and uh, you managed to get a festival going, build the audience. You mentioned some of the marketing earlier as well, but film does need an audience, and you mentioned some things were really busy, some were really quiet it can be really difficult to get people out of the house to come in and see something for the first time. So what was your approach to engaging with a new audience?
0: Um, well, what we found is it, it really depends on the city that we're in. Like, for example, last year was our first year in Sterling, And the joke that was with the Sterling team uh, was that they were like, well, there's nothing else to do in Sterling, So of course we sold out every night. Uh, and so we did find in, um, when we went out of the central belt, which we'd done Edinburgh and Glasgow before, we were like, "Oh wait, this, this is there's an audience that's hungry for this." Whereas I think because you have like, you know, GSA in Glasgow and ECA in Edinburgh, you have a lot of creative people doing artistic things. So in Edinburgh, it's more that we have to fight the crowd, that we have to like really be clear as to why we're different. It's mm. like well we have a message, we have a variety of film, and you're going to have, you know, a good time, that this is about introducing you to something new, you know, almost at a, at a discount price, and you're, you're going to really enjoy it and kind of learn something. Whereas out, out with that, you know, in, in Sterling, it's like, there's something on, there's, there's something that you can get out of the house and do, and they're like, oh, okay, let's give it a shot. <laughs>
1: Obviously, over the years, more and more films come in for you to 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 view. Every film festival is slightly different. They have a different setup of people that actually program it. So, how does it work from your point of view? How do you come together as a team to work out how the festival is going to look and feel by the work that you've chosen to show?
0: Um, what we do is we basically go through first on the level of is this is this film even even kind of worth watching? Is it you know, well-made is it someone where you can like hear like the boom mic hitting against someone's head the whole time, and you know, out of focus, or is this even if it's on a budget a well-made film? And so we have kind of a group of volunteer screeners who are uh, many of them are um, have film background or are filmmakers or things like that, and that kind of does the first cull, which gets us down to about six between 40 and 60 films, and again, most of these are short, so there's usually about, at that point, maybe 10 features that are still in it, maybe less than that. Um, And then we go through with our core team of uh, the curation team, which is Nina and Carice, who are our leads, Um, myself, Aaron, who's the project manager, and Kelly, who's our Sterling project manager. And we kind of go through and pick our favorites and, and we'll rate them. There's a rating system and they have to be then well made and fit the theme or, mm. you know, cause even, even after that first screening, there's still ones that, that you're like, well, I thought this was good as compared to everything else I was watching, but it doesn't hold up next to these other films that are just really well done. So it, it is just like watching, comparing, and then out of that, when we've kind of got a really short list we see certain ones that have themes that relate that um, parts of one film will actually have more resonance when watched with another film mm-hmm. um, and that's really what um, nina and Carisse do once once we've narrowed everything down which is usually about the five of us on skype kind of arguing about why this is the best film ever made and the other one is like no this is terrible i hate it <laughs> and so that once once we get down to that um Nina and increase look for these themes and really put together what i think are some excellent programs that really flow well together
1: into the moth Line. You're listening to Into the Mothlight, and in this edition, an interview with Anne Rushing, creative director at Pop Up Scotland, about this year's Independence Film Festival. Into the Mothlight. Over and above um, the, the the film that people come and watch, um, there's those kind of workshops and, and other events around that. So, what kind of things can people expect this year from you?
0: Um, we're actually still in the process of of finalising all that. But my background is in making art, and, and so I, I like to get hands-on with stuff. So the we do um, stop-motion animation workshops, uh, pixelation, which is kind It's stop-motion, but where you use, like, objects and take pictures of them, and you'll use yourself maybe in it. Um, and that's with uh, Indie Venture from Sterling, who does it both here and in Sterling. We do um, Q&As and... Uh, kind of symposia sort of talks with the visiting filmmakers we've had different members of the team come not just the directors but we've also had some of the actors come mm-hmm. in and talk about the process so it, it depends on who wants to come to Edinburgh or Stirling and talk and you know who's available but then we kind of will either curate a QA and a based on that um which member of the team is there because don't talk about direction choices to the cinematographer sort of thing. But, uh, and then we also have some films that are about creative activities. So for instance, this year, one of the films is about um, a type of swing dance. Uh, And so we're going to have uh, one of the actors, one of the lead actors is actually happens to live in Edinburgh. And so he's going to come in and do a dance workshop for us so that people can you know, maybe understand what the character is going through with the struggle with the dancing by, by, you know, getting to give it a go. And so we do pick out certain things. There's also a, um, a poet who's one of the films is basically a narration of his poem and it's kind of performed isn't, isn't the exact word, but it's, it's really, really beautiful. And so we're hoping to get him in to do like a poetry workshop and that's, We we try and really make it something unique every year, and not just the Q and As, which are great, but also something a bit more active.
1: Mm, Yeah, sounds like it. And in terms of the highlights for this year, so so work that people can come and enjoy, and maybe be part of the Q and A and um, enjoy it as a group. What what are some of the best things that you can recommend this year in the festival?
0: Well, obviously, I have to recommend them all because I think they're all fantastic. (laughs) Um, I, I know because because of my I'm, I'm i call myself like kind of the pleb of the group everyone else is like this fine high art film and, and i'm like that one was funny you know so i i definitely kind of relate to the ones that are more story driven um and really engaging so there's a, a great piece about um, that's a, about a scottish man and he's a, a maker he's an artisan and kind of his pottery raku process but also his life story in, in that. So, so there's so many great sort of story driven films that really appeal to me. But then there's also some um, one of our features is just, I don't want to compare it. I would say it's kind of like Wes Anderson, but it's it's not, but it has this it's one of those that's cinematically beautiful. It has this color palette that you can really feel this sort of emotion all the way through. And it's very, it's a very surreal story. It's almost, um, I can't even, I can't, I don't want to give too much away because <laughs> if, if I if I give away the ending, then that ruins the whole thing. But it's it's just a beautiful film to watch. And it's definitely experimental and a little bit confusing. And it was one of those, like, I thought that I hated it. And then I finally, you know, the longer I watched it, I was like, oh, no, wait, that like, I do like, it's beautiful. And then I got annoyed by it. And then I came out from being annoyed by it to enjoying it again, which, you know, I, I've now learned, I, I used to be like, well, if I didn't like it at one point, it's bad. And now I'm like, oh, no, it took me on a whole journey. So, so I, I enjoy that. But uh, those are two highlights that I'll talk about. But there's, there's so much, there are a lot of just really short things. Since There's animation, there's, you know, documentary, and then there's some of these more experimental pieces. It's all good.
1: It's all good. Yeah. Hey, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much. Oh,
0: yeah. Thank you. Into the Mothlight is a Charles S. Bravo production. You can follow us on Twitter at the Mothlight Pod, email your questions and comments to mothlightpodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. At most like podcast Like us, rate and review us Wherever you find your podcasts This podcast Isn't sponsored by anyone Perhaps you can do something about that Until next time Goodbye